to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Welcome back to the Principles of Success podcast. Today, I am joined by Principal Kylene Vasquez, and we are talking about shifting your school's culture through truly understanding the impact adult behaviors have on our campus. Principal Vasquez is going to share how behavior influences behavior and the strategies she's implemented to positively change the climate. Principal Kylene Vasquez, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yes, likewise, Dr. Henry. I appreciate you having me on. Yes. Okay. Well, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which I'm super excited about because I'm learning something new today, Mm -hmm. I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Sure. So I'm originally from a small town on the border of Texas called Donna, but I've called Houston home for quite some time. I've lived in a few other cities but Houston is is the home base. And I've had the privilege to work with different public school systems in the area. I currently serve at an elementary school as a building principal. This is my second year with the campus. And so working with kids has always been something I do, whether it's a nonprofits, working with at-risk youth, or in the capacity of a building principal. So that's currently what uh, a little bit about me. Love it. Can you tell us a little bit about your school? Sure. So my school is I what we would call typically a turnaround or a transformation campus. It's been historically underserved for quite some time and it hasn't had the opportunity to exit the rating status that it currently has under the Texas accountability system simply due to the COVID interruption Mm -hmm. and accountability measures. And so this school year, we're back on track to hopefully exit the current status that we have. And so it is a a unique campus in that we have several models at the school. One of those is a dual language pathway from pre-K through fifth grade. And then we also have um, a very large SPED division on campus, and that's part inclusion, some self-contained, depending on the needs of the students. But it's a great campus, really. It truly is. It's it's a great team to work with, and and I'm fortunate to be leading the campus right now and serving them. Love it. Well, I know that they're fortunate to have you. And so we're going to talk about one of your leadership strategies, which is the integrated experience. And this was a new term for Mm -hmm. me until you and I had the opportunity to chat. So I'm so excited. And I also think that it's fascinating because every leader can implement this regardless of what level they're at. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. So let's start with the definition. Let's bring everybody in to this conversation with us. What is an integrated experience? Yes. So the integrated experience is something that it's it's a training, actually, that I've taken every year uh, since I've been in education. But it wasn't until I was in the middle of writing my dissertation that it made such a sudden click with me, just uh, it resonated on so many levels. But what the integrated experience is, it's it's really it illustrates the way behavior influences behavior. Uh, It's important to know that the training itself, the first step in the training is to recognize that the only behavior that we can control, whether we're in a school system, a school building or anywhere else, is really our own. And so uh, as a result, the CPI, which is the Crisis Prevention Institute, has created four strategies to maintain and engage um, ways that we can interact in a peaceful 
and in a positive way when we're engaging with individuals that are in crisis at that moment. I love it. And we're going to we're going to get into that. It's funny we're talking about this today because I I actually just saw a quote on Facebook and I I feel like this is kind of what you're talking about, but it said an escalated adult cannot deescalate a child. Am mm-hmm. am I kind of connecting it correctly? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. Okay, perfect. All right. So with that in mind, let's talk about the four key strategies and we'll just take them one by one. So start with the first one. Sure. Okay. So the first one is in relation to personal space and body language. When we're serving at our campuses, and sometimes we know that we'll come across students that are in crisis, uh, even adults that are in crisis. And so it's important to always be cognizant about personal space and body language. So we encourage people to be mindful of someone's need for personal space. Everyone has different experiences with proximity. And so CPI is really big on that. No the personal space realm that the person needs so that they can calm down successfully. And then it also includes just making sure that you're respectful, that you're using non-threatening gestures, that you're mindful of your facial expressions. That's another key thing too, when we're working with students, they absorb everything. And same with our staff. And then movements, sudden movements also have an effect on the the individual that we're trying to de-escalate. So those are key parts of knowing our body language and personal space when working with students that are in in a state of crisis. I love it. So at your school, is there common terminology or language that you use or visuals that cue that that bubble, if you will? Yes, absolutely. So this, um, and to be honest, this is the first year that we have the entire building back in person. So last year, the campus with our district, we were able to do half virtual, half in person. That's the way our campus kind of panned out based on what Mm -hmm. parents uh, had a preference toward. But this year, we're all back in the building and we've noticed a significant amount of students and even adults undergoing different forms of mental health Mm -hmm. and, and things that they're having to process. And so it was really important that we start the year strong in terms of making sure that we we knew that the students were going to come into the building and they were going to have a lot of questions, a lot of uh, the inability to process and cope certain situations. And so our in, natural instinct could not be to, to reprimand, for it to be punitive. We had to really spend some time on what can we do to be restorative and how do we de-escalate students that we already know will come into the building. Some of our children live in a constant chronic state of crisis. And so it's really been a learning thing, a learning experience for the entire team at our campus to just know, okay, we can rely on the CPI model as a group. Now, not everyone can be trained in this just because the state only permits a certain number of individuals to carry the license, but we can still cross-train in terms of bringing awareness to the campus. So that way, if we ever encounter a student, which often we do, um, we're able to to engage them in a peaceful and a respectful manner. So let's talk about the second strategy. So the second one is knowing that words matter, words matter. And it's not even so much that the words that we're saying, but how are we saying it? That's key. And we've learned very quickly at our campus as well, that how we say things can escalate or deescalate a situation. And so that's the second Mm -hmm. part of uh, the CPI model, which is important to know. So we've got to know when someone's scared, when they're angry, when they're hurt, if they're displaying aggressive behavior, then we've got to make sure that we're aware of, okay, how we communicate something, how we say something, how is that individual going to perceive it? Can you give us an example of maybe um, something that could just normally be said, but how you might tweak it using this model? 
Sure. So there's been some times where staff would immediately go into like the no, like, no, you can't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And we try to, instead of leading with no, we try to, it's got to be a very short, specific direction. So we, I need you to walk, please. Walking is going to keep you safe, right? Things of that nature. Or if someone's upset, can you, let's walk to the side so that way we can be in a private space so you have a moment to compose yourself. It's things of, it's just being able to redirect the student to an area where they feel safe, where they feel comfortable, and they can process whatever they need to process in that moment. Uh, But it's leading in a respectful manner. It's just keeping a a level voice, not raising the voice, not uh, making any of those gestures that are, you know, that the student might think like, well, you don't really care. You just got me out here in the hallway to get Mm -hmm. after me. It's being mindful of all of those things in a very quick few seconds that you're working with the student um, and just making sure that they know they're safe, even in that moment that they're having trouble processing um, whatever it is, because they're consumed at that point with 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 hurt, with anger, with frustration. Absolutely. Okay, let's go into strategy number three. Sure. So strategy three is really giving clear, specific directions very bite-sized. So when you think of simple, you know, sentences, very direct, just a simple sentence, just clear directive. And if someone's upset, we know that the mind doesn't allow them to really to to process another human saying word after word after word. So it's just keep it clear, speak simply, and make sure you're concise with the directives. And so that way that student feels supported and that they feel like, okay, I can do this. I can answer this one specific thing in that moment. All right. And let's go into the fourth strategy. The fourth one is is really the, the foundation of CPI is just knowing that behavior influences behavior. Uh, the integrated experience from the CPI uh, teaches us that we can't control someone else's behavior. We can only control how we choose to respond to another person's behavior. And so that's key. That was a turning point for a lot of us at the campus to know, like, no, we, we truly cannot control someone else. We can only influence mm-hmm. their perception of decision making, right? But that starts with us knowing our own triggers, knowing our own behavior, and, and how to engage that student in a, in a positive way. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because as you're talking, I'm thinking it's probably important for us to know what triggers us. So mm-hmm. how does that play out with with this model in terms of just self awareness? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, those are some of sometimes the difficult conversations that we have to have, you know, one on one in small groups or even in professional development as a campus when we have these necessary conversations that aren't always easy that cause us to self-reflect and really assess how are we doing things? You know, if we're always getting this result, what's what's the common denominator? Is it the student or no? Is it actually me as the adult? And, and those are important conversations to have. And we have to allow those periods for, for reflection, right? And, and oftentimes, as a building principal, yeah. you have to sometimes coach your staff on how to reflect I mean, things to look for. And then from there, they continue to that self-internalization on uh, what can I do differently? And then we go back to the table and guide them with what immediate tools that they can implement to 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 better their practice. Right. When working with students who are constantly in an escalated uh, state, especially at our campus, um, where there's so many students who uh, on a daily basis are crying out for help uh, just for different reasons. And so uh, it does take it does take a, a, a period of learning. But it's we're thankful for the CPI model, the training that we do have. And then our district is super supportive in terms of having multiple specialists in different uh, vicinities that relate to this. And so we always have someone that we can tap into to say, hey, what can we do differently? How can we you know, bring training to our teachers to make sure that they're supported? 
Yeah. And um, you said something that made me think this, this is hard work, right? Because mm-hmm. this is asking your staff to really be reflective about their own learned right. behaviors and mindsets. So how do, mm-hmm. how do you, Kyleen, the principal and mm-hmm. other principals, how do you get staff to be open to this? It's modeling it. Me modeling it as the as a building leader and and showing my vulnerability and my uh, capacity to self reflect. Uh, and so, uh, at our current school, uh, we operate with uh, our doors are open. We understand that issues come, you know, but we also understand that we're very capable of, of implementing solutions, right? And brainstorming those things to make the, the the student learning experience that much better and improved, and even the experience for the adults that are teaching students. But it, it starts with me modeling that. And then, of course, that extends into the leadership team, just knowing that sometimes I'm going to make mistakes. And yes, everyone in that building has the opportunity to call me out on it. Of course, we, we understand, you know, roles of professionalism and things like that. But it's truly open. It's an open, safe space. So if I mess up, which I do because I'm human, the staff knows, oh, I have, you know, authority to, to call Vasquez out on it. If she if she approached that student wrong, she could have done a little better. Just to remind me, just to nudge me, guide me like, hey, you know, Kylene, what would happen? Could we have done something different? And it's that environment that we've created to really hold each other accountable um, with how we provide instruction and, and, and enrichment and just a, a holistic experience for the students on campus. What would you say has been the biggest challenge with the implementation of this or even getting it off the ground? It's, I would say for sure, the the buy-in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just in really staying committed to it because when you have habits that have built up for such a, a long period of time over the course of our lives, you kind of get stuck in those habits and those ways, you know, I was raised this way. This yeah. is how, when I was corrected, this is what would happen. And so you naturally want to implement that. And so you have to work really, really hard to, to say, no, 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 we're going to stick to this. This is a commitment as a, as a team that we're doing the school year and onward. Um, and so I would say it's just the commitment factor and, and doing it on a daily basis, because when we talk about kids that are, are constantly escalated for different reasons, that's not going away anytime soon. And we're working to to improve the, you know, the experience for the kiddos. But um, it's going to take a constant reminder to say, no, like, don't don't give up, you know, don't revert back to my old way. Stick mm-hmm. with it. Right. How has this practice changed your own leadership and your school? it's taught me a lot it's taught me you know as, I, as I'm writing my my paper my dissertation to finish I've really I was honestly taken aback in so many ways just thinking like oh my goodness like okay we're constantly talking about the students but then how am I as as, as the as the leader of the campus interacting with the staff as well because you know our staff we're, we're all humans everyone has different personalities mm-hmm. to the same degree that our students do and different needs, different strengths, different everything. And so I have to be constantly cognizant of how I approach individuals, especially when we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's a, it's, it's a crisis in itself. And there's so many ongoing situations. We had the freeze, many uh, faculty had pipes burst. You know, there's been a lot. Last year, there's been a, a ton of relatives that have passed within the school building. And it's just been mm-hmm. a constant state of um, crisis, really, when you look at it like that from the bigger picture. And I just have to be able to, when I approach the team, just know, okay, what do they need in this specific moment? What is their behavior? Because there's four behavior levels from the CPI. 
And then according to those four behavior levels, there's four approaches. So depending on where we perceive that individual at that moment, then that's how I need to support, right? Right. So CPI, can you tell us where we can we can find more information on CPI? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, the Crisis Prevention Institute. So if you just Google CPI or Crisis Prevention Institute, the links will pop up. They do offer courses and training, um, which is accessible to anyone. It originally started off as training for those that worked in the medical and healthcare field, just because they do work with mm-hmm. individuals that uh, typically are seen in crisis when entering hospital facilities, things of that nature. But it's uh, a training that's accessible to honestly any workforce, any industry. Love it. Okay, I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. So, Kyleen, we are wrapping up our time together, and this has been so informative. Thank you. Mm-hmm. As we close out, I like to do the fast five. So, okay. five quick questions, one word or one sentence. You ready for this? Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. Let's have some fun. All right. Favorite leadership book? It's actually, it's a, it's a big book. It's North House's leadership textbook. It's got a, ton, a different theory and practice. But I learned a lot from that text. I like it. I love it. It's the first textbook that's been mentioned on the show. So, all right. You can tell you're in your doctorate program. Fantastic. All right. Favorite app? Uh, Twitter. Twitter's a go-to. Best Amazon find for work? A laptop stand. Especially when we had to work remote virtually, the laptop stand was was a, a necessity. Yes. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Um, okay. Eddie Vedder's Big Hard Son. I love that song. One tip you would tell your first year principal self? Oh, you can't do it all yourself. Uh, don't try to. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Okay. If listeners want to get in touch with you, how should they do so? On Twitter, it's Vasquez underscore Kyleen. Okay, fantastic. I will Mm -hmm. make sure to link that in the show notes. Thank you so much for this conversation today. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Henry. I appreciate it. A big thank you to Principal Kyleen Vasquez for sharing her insight and takeaways about the integrated experience. Now more than ever, we need to reflect on creating the right environment for our students and staff. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. Sharing is really caring. As always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.